Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray over the word. Father, in Jesus' name, we just love you, Lord. You must have some good laughs in heaven at us. <laughs> Glory to God. We weren't saved. We would have went to hell if we were shot. No, I'm just kidding. No. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you, and we thank you for your word, and we thank you for revelation knowledge that flows through this place. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can just always remember, because, you know, there's a lot of theologians in the world. There's a lot of people that study the Bible. But if you, you just need to always remember that it's revelation of the word that changes your life, not just information. You need the revelation. You need, you need God to open up your eyes. That's why it's important to pray that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just learned this week that that word revelation actually in the Greek means it means to uncover. Isn't that good? That's good when God uncovers and we, and we get to see. Well, we've been talking about the spirit of faith. And it's funny because I had a physical challenge this week. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to listen to somebody on faith. And, and man, uh, you know, even though you, you have a, you know, I know you guys think we're perfect. And we just, every, every single thing we preach, we, we, our, our whole intentions is to do, work the word. But I wasn't feeling like working the word. And I was like, so I put um, Andy Womack on, and I'm telling you, he just kicked my butt. I was like, man. He was at one of his conventions preaching on healing and talking about acting on the word. I mean, he just, he just tore, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. This is, but it was good. How many of you like that kick butt, and kick butt preaching sometimes and get you going and get you back in line with God? Well, we're talking about the spirit of faith, amen? Let's read that scripture, put that scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 13. And I'm going to read it, and it says in verse 13, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, this is the Apostle Paul talking, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. And uh, the whole um, idea of that skit that you saw this morning and last week was about speaking the word. A lot of people believe, but they just don't speak it. They're afraid. They let fear keep them, or they let intimidation keep them, or they let their, whatever their natural thoughts keep them from speaking the word of God. But it's speaking the word of God that's the act of faith. Let's look at Mark 11, 20, uh, Mark 11, 23. And we talked about this last week, how Jesus cursed the fig tree, and the disciples were shocked when the, when, the, when the fruit stopped growing and it was dying. And Jesus looked at them and he said, have faith in God. Now, Jesus didn't tell his disciples. He didn't say, only I can do this. He, he cursed that fig tree and it died. And when they, saw, they were shocked, he didn't say, only I can do this. He, this is what he said to them. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, that whoever, say whoever. whoever, you're a whoever, I'm a whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, say says, yes. believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. That's so powerful. Jesus is talking to the, his disciples, and he's saying, man, you can do exactly what I did. You can have whatever you said. No, no people say, well, I'm going to, you know, 
come in this building to fall down. You, you can't get foolish with God. You can't, you know what I'm saying? When you, but when you speak the promises of God and you know your authority, you can see the manifestation of the power of God. You can see the promises of God come to pass in your life. And Jesus said this to the disciples. This tells me that the primary way that we release our faith is by the words that we speak. What are you speaking? Not just, what are you speaking all the time? That's how we, you're wondering, how do we release our faith, Pastor Judy? How do we believe God? We release our faith by the words that we speak. Mark Hankin said this. He said, if your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it will never move your mountain. If your faith's not strong enough to move your mouth, it will never move your mountain. I want to read. I've read this before, but some of you may not have heard it. But I don't know if you know who Dr. Cho is. He's, he's since gone on to be with the Lord, but the largest uh, church in the world and uh, healed of tuberculosis, man of faith. But he shares this story about sitting down with a neurosurgeon. And he said, one morning I was eating breakfast with one of Korea's leading neurosurgeons who was telling me about various medical findings on the operation of the brain. He asked, Dr. Cho, did you know that the speech center in the brain rules over all the nerves? You ministers really have power because according to our recent findings in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the other nerves. Then this, nervous, this neurosurgeon began to expound their findings. He said that the speech nerve center had such power over all the body that simply speaking, say speaking, can give one control over his body to manipulate it in the way he wishes. He said if someone keeps on saying, I'm going to become weak, then right away, all the nerves receive the message and they say, oh, let's prepare to become weak, for we've received instructions from our central communication that we should become weak. They then, in natural sequence, adjust their physical attitudes to weakness. If someone says, well, I have no ability, I can't do this job, then right away, all the nerves begin to declare the same thing. Yes, they respond. We received instruction from the central nervous system saying that we have no abilities to, to, give, up, uh, to give up striving to develop and any capacity for capability. In other words, let's, let's give up. We have no abilities. We must prepare ourselves to be part of an incapable person. If someone keeps saying, I'm very old, I'm so very old, and I am tired, and I can't do anything, then right away, the speech central control responds, giving out orders to that effect. The nerves respond, yes, we are old, we are ready for the grave, let's be ready to disintegrate. If someone keeps saying that he's old and that person is soon going to die, the neurosurgeon continues saying that man should never retire. Once a man retires, he keeps repeating it to himself, I am, t I am retired, and all the nerves start responding and become less active and ready for a quick death. Medical science has just re recently discovered this principle. This one neurosurgeon said that people should keep saying to themselves, I am young, I am able, I can do the work of a young person no matter what my chronological age is. The nerves of that person will then come alive and thus receive power and strength from the nerve center. Now that's in the natural. You see how God created our brains? 
He created our brains that when we speak, it's dictating everything. I can't do that. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm oppressed. I'm this. I'm not. I, it's just not, you know, you know, whatever it is, I can't do this and I can't do that. We need to take can't out of our language, don't we? Amen? Let's, and it goes along with this next scripture I'm going to read in James chapter 3. It's so important what you speak, not just in that, that time that you're in prayer in the morning, but all the time. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to say anything. You, you just, if you're not feeling good, you just want to not feel good. You just want to say it. I mean, honestly, I've been there. I've, I've been there when I've meditated on healing scriptures and, and I've confessed it and just, and then I get up and I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm tired, I don't know, what, whatever. And these days, you don't even want to go to the doctor because like Pastor said this morning, you go from one thing, they'll tell you you got 10 things. You got to go to the Dr. Jesus. <laughs> you got to go to the Word, amen? I mean, unless you have to go to the doctor. I'm not saying not going to doctors. You go for your checkups. You do, you're responsible. But what I'm saying is, you know, you just, you, if, if you're listening to the Word and you're meditating and you're reading on faith, you're going to grow in faith and you're going to see the promises of God manifest in your life, whether it's finances, whether it's healing, whether it's ability, whatever it is, whether it's, it, whether it's something to do with your thought process. Let's look at this in James chapter 3, 3, three through 6. It says, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body... Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, see how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. What this scripture is saying is just like that small bit in the horse's mouth controls the horse and that little rudder on that large ship controls that big ship, our tongue controls the course of our life. It'll control the course of our life, whether it's to get a job or go to school or, or all things are possible or, or maybe all things aren't possible or that's impossible or I don't care, I'm sick, I'm poor. You know, wh which way is your tongue directing you? And this goes along with what, the, what medical science is saying. God set it up that way, amen? The Bible says clearly that whosoever controls the tongue controls the whole body. Hallelujah. You're quiet on me now. If you keep saying that you are poor, then all of your system, what, what, this, what this medical science doctor said, all of your system conditions itself will attract to poverty, and you will feel at home in poverty. If you, he, 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 he said, 
you, if you rather be poor, then you can do that. But if you keep on saying that you are able, that you can achieve success, then all of your body would be bridled to success. You would be ready to meet any challenge, ready to conquer it. This is the reason you should never speak in a negative way. Amazing, isn't it? It's so powerful. It, it, it's one thing to hear the doctors, but it's another thing to know that God put this in action. God put this. He framed the worlds by the words of his mouth when he said, let there be. And some of us need to start saying some let there be's in our life. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5.1. Hallelujah. You know what? I don't think I put that on there. Let me read it off of here. I want to read this because... We ought to, Jesus, Jesus told his disciples when he cursed that fig tree, and they were like, they were amazed. Peter said, wow, it's dead. Jesus said, you guys can do this too. He said, whosoever. And God framed the worlds by the words of his mouth. And here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, in the New Living Translation, it says, follow God's example in everything you do because you are his dear children. Don't kids do what their parents do? You know, it, whatever, if they, they'll say what their parents say, they'll do what their parents do. Sometimes you see faces. I know some of you, some of your little children, they'll make these certain faces, you know, and if it's Amuna, Amuna it, it, she'll say, I'll be like, oh my gosh, she, she looks just like uh, Michaela or, or, or you know, um, Cosmo. He just, he makes every kind of face like his dad. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, we want to be like our father, right? We want to be, we wanted to imitate God. We, we need to talk like him. We need to act like him. He would not ask us to do something that we were not capable of doing. And some people say, well, that's impossible. Well, that's just a, you know. But he would not ask us to do that if we were not capable. He would not say that to, to his uh, disciples. Let's talk about Abraham for a few minutes. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, God came to Abraham, and he gave Abraham a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations. Now, Abraham, when God came to him, I think he was like 75 years old. It was impossible for him to have a child. Was he 99 or something like that when he had the child finally? But he, it was impossible in the natural. Our bodies just, you know... I don't know anybody today that's had a baby at 75, <laughs> okay? Abraham and Sarah. But God went to Abraham, and he said, in, in verse 5, he said, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of, uh, the father of a multitude of nations. So he changes Abraham's name to Abraham and calls him, that name Abraham means a father of a uh, uh, father of a multitude. Well, he didn't even have one child yet. But he said, I want you to change your name, and I want you to change Sarai's name to Sarah, a mother of a multitude, right? A mother of nations. So Abraham believed God. And so every time they called him and they said, Abraham, he, they was, everybody knew names meant something big back then. And every time they called him, they were saying, Father of a multitude. Can you hear the people laughing? Sarah, mother of a multitude. See, sometimes uh, people 
I know this is, this is hard to say, but, but sometimes people are embarrassed to speak the word of God. Well, we, we need to make sure that everybody knows what, you know, the situation we're going through or, or whatever. You know what? That you need to, people need to know the situation you're going through. We need to bear one another's burdens. We need to pray with one another. But then we need to, when we pray, we need to speak the word of God. We need to agree with one another. We need to believe for miracles and deliverances. Amen? Hallelujah. So, they, so let's look over in Romans chapter 4 and let's see what Abraham did. Abraham, like he was, his, his faith was accounted to him as righteousness. His faith was so powerful that God accounted to him as righteousness. He'd be, you know, you know, we didn't receive the righteousness of God until Jesus went to the cross and there was a divine exchange. But Abraham got that righteousness because of his faith. Now let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It says, therefore, it is of faith, say faith, faith, that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead, look at this, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I want to stop here for just a second. That's what, they, that's what Abraham did. He changed his name and God gave life to that dead body, caused him to birth a child, and, it's, and it says, and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham, it was not existing that Abraham was the father of a multitude. But, he cha- but because he obeyed God and changed his name, he kept being called. You're a father of a multitude. Every time that name was spoken, you're a father of a multitude. You're a mother of a multitude. And so they were calling what did not exist as though it did. Well, God has given us promises. He's given us healing. He's blessed us. He's given us financial provision. He's, given, he's called us out of darkness. He's delivered us from the power of the end. There's just so many promises of God that he's given us. And we need to call those things that are not, maybe not existing yet in your life, in the natural, as though they did. You start putting the word on it. You start saying what God says. You start declaring and decreeing what God says. When it looks like your children are going to hell on a, there they're just, it, it, it just looks no way they're coming in. You start declaring, me and my household shall be saved. I, I call that in Jesus' name. I see it. The more you say it, the more you'll see it, the more you'll believe it. Amen. So it goes, it's, I'm going to start with verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of whom he believed. And God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who con- and, and even listen to me, God, he calls those things that he even called light into being. It didn't exist. Amen. Verse 18, he says, who contrary to hope, in hope, he's talking about Abraham, 
believed so that he became the father of many nations. What if everything you're believing for comes to pass? See, he believed so that he became the father of many nations. In hope, he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. A lot of times we consider everything around us. Well, the economy's bad. Well, the doctor says, you know, this is going to happen. Or, or we, we consider the, all of the bad things and the bad diagnoses and the bad situations. But Abraham, he, his body was dead when it, came, when it was time to produce a child. But he didn't, he didn't consider that. He didn't, consider, he didn't consider that, and he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, say faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. He was fully convinced, and he didn't consider everything around him, but instead, he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. And that's why he changed his name. Abraham, the father of, can you imagine? He didn't even have one child. Sarah. Abraham had to say something. He had to call himself Abraham, not Abram. He had to do something. He had to follow the instructions of the word of God. Same with Sarah. This is a spiritual law. And God never does anything, just read his word, without saying it, for, saying it first. He's a faith God. And God released faith in his words. And he expects us to do the same thing. And like I said, he would not put something in our hands that we are not capable of doing. Amen? And I, I know, I challenge you, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to do this, but, but it can't, the more you do it, the easier it gets. You start walking around your house all the time muttering, my God, you know, because, you know, pastor said something this morning. He said, he, he used the scripture, bring every thought in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, bring every thought unto captivity, you know, unto the obedience of Christ. I forget how that scripture is. Can you quote that scripture, somebody? Bring every thought that comes into you under captivity into the obedience of Christ. When he said that, I was sitting there, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you bring every thought into captivity before it comes out of your mouth. Because it's easy for us to say what we've already always said. It's easy for us to say what we see. But when we get our eyes on the word of God, we'll say the promises of God. The word of God is the most powerful thing in the universe. And even Jesus said, he said, he said in Matthew 4, 4, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to, we, I mean, we need to look at the word. And I was thinking about this. You know, you guys come out, you Sunday night crowd are the hungry crowd, amen? And, and, and I was thinking this, only two people Caleb and Joshua, out of the whole, all of the children of Israel. Caleb and Joshua had the spirit of faith on them, and only two people went into the promised land. Two people. 
They said, we are well. I mean, Caleb was 80 years old when it was time, and he said, I'm well able. They were going to give him a little help or do something or whatever. He said, no, no, I'm, I'm well able to take this mountain. You know, the Bible says that God said that they, they brought, all of the other spies brought back an evil report. It takes a lot to step over into that. I've done it so many times. And when, it, and when you do that and you just choose, you have to choose to believe God. You have to choose to walk on the water. You have to choose to step out on that. And God will show up. Amen? Because God's word is true. Hallelujah. When you're standing on the promises of God. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Is this bothering you guys? It's bothering me. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of these days I'll tame it. Proverbs 6, 1 and 2. I need a good confession from my hair, okay? It says, it says Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Um, one translation, and I couldn't find it, but I remember seeing it years ago. One translation said, or maybe if you look up the word, it, it said, snared, it says that. I remember reading it. Thou art snared by the words of that mouth. That word snared means taking, taking captive. Thou art taken captive by the words of your mouth. I don't have enough. I don't feel good. I'm tired. Something's wrong with my finger. It won't straighten. I mean, I mean, honestly, we got to catch, you know, we're so used to that's just the way we live. But that's not the way God wants us to live. He wants us to come up higher. He wants us to believe him even for the little things. Faithful words will put you over, but fearful words will defeat you. Amen? You set your faith in motion by the words of your mouth. And I can tell you, I know so many people hear this over and over, hear, hear the message of faith, and don't even attempt, at least attempt to walk by faith. They just, you know, well, that's, that's really good. You know this ministers to your spirit. You know this is something that God is trying to get you over into. You know? But you can't just leave it here. You got to take the word with you and you got to do something with it. Amen? Let me ask you this. Do you really want the negative things you've been saying to come to pass? Because you're not believing for those things, right? But if Jesus came to you today and said, from this day forward, it's going to come to pass that everything you say will happen exactly as you say it, that would be enough to change your language, wouldn't it? Would you change your vocabulary then? Hallelujah. Spoken words, they program your heart to either success or either defeat. Words are containers. I've always, uh, you know, I love this. I've, I've always said it. I've always known it. Words are containers. And I would think about my words. What are my words containing? Are they containing faith or are they containing fear? Amen? What are your words containing? Look at this, Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. God's word will not return void of power. But it, it says here, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. God's word is not void of power, but it's void of speech. 
where it's not spoken, there's no power. It's void of speech. No word of God is void of power. It's only, uh, it's only powerless when unspoken. That's by Charles Capps. If you ever, th that man's testimony is amazing. He was older, older guy, and I was going to bring the testimony, but I didn't have time to look for it. But I, I, I always think about, you know, he was struggling, and and he got a hold of this word of faith, and it just changed everything. He was he was going down under in his in finances. Just look up Charles Capps, and and uh, he was a, a cotton grower and a just. Um, just look up his name and, and, and read about his testimony. It, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And he learned the power. God, before he even saw, before he even got a revelation from another man. Amen? But he learned the power of the spoken word. Hallelujah. He said this. He said, confess victory in the face of apparent defeat. Confess abundance in the face of lack. See, we have to have that correct application of spiritual law, and it will change even the most impossible situations. Let me, let me um, read a couple more scriptures here. Faith, you know, faith talks, and when faith talks, it talks faith. It doesn't talk fear. It doesn't talk unbelief. And honestly, I think it was David that said, my, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. We, we need to practice speaking the word of God. We need to train ourselves to speak the word of God. Hallelujah. Hosea 14.2 says this. It says, take words with you and return to the Lord. Take words, take words, take God's promises and declare them before him. God says, put me in remembrance. God wants us to take words before him. His word there's nothing more pleasing to God when you take God's word to him. God, I'm going through this, but your word says this, and I'm choosing to believe your word. I'm choosing to believe that nothing is impossible to them that believe. I'm choosing to believe, even though the doctor says this, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm choosing to believe, even though they're going to evict me from my house. I'm choosing to believe that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter. I'm choosing to believe even if they said I can't have that job or I can't do this business. I'm choosing to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. You got to choose to believe and then you have to say it. You say it out. You say it out. Jesus said, for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And this is my last scripture. It's in Proverbs 18.21. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I used to always say it this way. The power of life and death is in the tongue. But I was missing the whole point, and that's not what God said. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The emphasis is on the power of your tongue. Your words are important. You can create hell on earth, or you can create heaven on earth. You can change your whole life by the words that you speak. You might be down in the dumps. You might think there's no way out. But I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. 
And if you'll learn to speak God's word, if you'll learn to go to the word of God and look at the promises of God concerning healing, concerning you know, you know, God wants to take care of you financially. I know we talk, we live, listen, we talk about the blessing, and sometimes that's above some of you. Oh, well, you know, that's for the rich people, you know. I don't really care if I have the big blessing, you know, as long as I can just pay my bills, you know. We live so, even if all your bills were paid, and you were doing, you're, you're, we live so below God's standard, God is wanting you to be blessed, I mean, beyond you can, what you can even imagine. God's wanting you to be able to be blessed, to be a blessing. That's what he told Abraham. And to speak the blessing over your life, declaring you're rich, declaring your needs are met. You say, oh, people think I oh, just want money. Who cares what people think? Money's just a tool. We all have to face God, and we all have to be accountable. God knows our heart. Don't let all that religious stuff keep you under. Speak, speak things over your body every day. Speak that which is impossible. Speak. May, may, maybe you've been, you know, starting business after business and something hasn't clicked. Start, start speaking that you're going to step into that. And you know you're supposed to have a business. Start speaking that. I'm blessed in business. I have creative ideas. I talk to people, oh, I don't know what to do. I want to do something, but I just don't know what to do. Start declaring that you do know what to do. Amen? God wants to change. Speak over your home. Speak over every situation, you know? And, and honestly, I mean, I mean we're, we're all working on this. We're all working on this. I say, I say, all the time, I just, I can't, if you will really start focusing on this, your, 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 your thoughts will always be on, what am I going to say next? What am I saying next? And, and honestly, it keeps you from saying things about others as well. I remember I was sitting down one day, and I had some thoughts about some people, and, I, and they were not good thoughts. You know, like, and I was like, why did they do that? It was no, nobody here. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a spiritual person that I look up to, and, and I was thinking that. It was just thinking it in my mind. And I had heard some things, and, and I just, you know, I know it was the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, I said, I, said, I don't even want to think those thoughts in my mind. I don't want to think bad about other people, even in my mind. Because sooner or later, it's going to come out. You keep dwelling on it. You know, you, you just stop becoming conscious of what you're saying and what's coming out of your mouth. Now listen, this is where you got to be careful. Don't clam up, because you'll lose by default. Just because you're not saying anything bad, you're going to have to speak out the word of God. You know, and it doesn't always happen, have to happen when you're, and, and the worship team can come. It doesn't always have to happen if you're in a bad situation. Just start saying it now. When you get in your car tonight, you just say, God, I just thank you that no accident will befall me. I thank you that your angels contend with that which contends with me. I thank you that I go home safely. I, 
you know, I go to, I go, we always say we go and we come safely. And we're, we're just, every time you have a thought, what you need to learn to do is answer that thought out loud with the word of God. And that's what I'm learning to do. Amen. We're, 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 listen, we're all getting to a place where, where we're, looking, we're, we're looking for a building, right? And I'm telling you, we're going to need a lot of faith. I need a lot of you to jump on board, <laughs> you know? And I'm, and I'm like, Pat, let's go, like, let's go look at this. And, let's go. and, and then and, uh, Pat, we were all talking in the car, and, and um, uh, Pastor was talking about electricity and sewage or something, whatever. But he said, but we have to make sure this, and but we have to make sure that. And Donna said, Dad, get your butt out. Get your butt out of your mouth. Don't say but. And Donna said, you need to preach a message on get your butt out of your mouth. Because <laughs> men, you know, they think of all the, you know, the practical things that, that have to happen. And, and uh, I just think where there's a will, there's a way. Amen? We've done some crazy things. So I just encourage you, you know, get in the word, speak the word, whatever it is that you need, dump. Whatever it is that you think that needs to be changed in your life, you know, you know, sometimes, it, honestly, people say, well, oh, you know, my, my house is a wreck. I need it organized. My life is unorganized. My, my Stop saying that. <laughs> you know, start declaring that. I started decreeing, you know, I, things are in order. They're in order in our church. They're in order in our home. We have a good order. We have a good flow. We hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, there's my voice. Now you can hear me, right? I guess I can start over. No. Hallelujah.